Welcome to Replant Bootcamp, the boots on the ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. 180 has just launched two new products that we think could really help your church. Stick around to the end of the podcast to hear more. We're excited to have special guest Rodney Richardson on with us today. Man, Rodney is a husband to an awesome wife, uh, a better half, five children, two of which are adopted from Uganda, where he ended up actually, his company now owns and runs that orphanage, Dembe, in Uganda. If you're looking for an orphanage to partner with in Uganda, then that's a great one. Rebranding expert, an elder in his church. He has served on pastor search committees and leadership teams, and he has gotten to see how the sausage is made (laughs) (laughs) through church splits, through revitalizations that eventually turned into replants, church plants. Uh, uh, Rodney's got a lot of really unique insight that I think is great in this replanting conversation. Rodney, one of the reasons I really wanted replanters to hear your heart, uh, one, because you are truly an expert in the world of rebranding. Right, so for those of you that don't know, if you're not in the graphic design world, you probably don't know. Rodney, uh, Rare Design, and, and man, you've been a part of rebranding so for, for a while at Nike, and then moving on from Nike to your own shop in my hometown of Hattiesburg, Mississippi, the hub city. Yep, yep. But hey, did I, were you involved in that land shark deal with, the, with Old Miss? Um, I'm just going right in with the tough questions, man. Because <laughs> um, so, yeah. that, that was something serious, man. I mean, you know, that's a serious reason. Now, we didn't have anything to do with, with the naming of it. You know, there's actually a pretty cool little story to that. I mean, you know, that if, if you're a, an, an alum or a fan of, of Ole Miss, you know how that sort of grew. It's very grassroots, student-led thing. And they've certainly had their own mascot controversy over what is their nickname going to be and you know, a lot of schools and teams get caught up in that. And they decided to, you know, just sort of adopt this thing that had, had grown naturally among their fan base. And, and so we were a part of creating some of the logos and graphics around the land sharks. So the state, we call it the territory mark, the state that's got the shark fin in it and doing some of those things. Now, we, we didn't do the mascot itself but we did do some of the graphics that the school now uses for him. That's good. Well, I mean, that's, that fits right into replanting because you've got, a, you've got an offensive graphic to some, and yeah. some churches have offensive reputations and names yes. and all those sorts yeah. of things. You just got to redo the whole thing, right? I'm excited that we've got Rodney on the podcast. I think it's going to be super helpful. One of the reasons I wanted you to talk about rebranding is that I think there are two kind of extremes. There are a lot of replanters that fall in the middle. I think there are kind of two extremes of maybe wrong thought when people start to think about rebranding or marketing when it comes to a replant. Uh, a lot of times people come in and either assume that, man, we've just got to change the name, change the look, good marketing out there, and that's going to help us grow this as a healthy church. On the flip side, you have your hyper-theological guys who go, Man, marketing and branding doesn't matter at all. Uh, it's it's not doesn't belong in the church, and so I'm not even going to listen to this podcast because I don't care about marketing uh, <laughs> and branding. Right? They, they turned yeah. us off already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, that's right. So, what would be your response to those two extremes? 
that they're both wrong to start with because it's so much more complex than either one of those. Anytime you create these polar opposite ideals and people want to stick to those things, they're never fully either one of those. And with a lot of rebrands, you know, we do a lot of work not only with, with you know, teams and, and organizations, things like that. We do a lot of work with churches. We do a lot of work with ministry organizations. And because of the approach that we take with it and what we find, ironically, what I find is that, that there is so much similarity uh, so parallel the work that we do with teams and the work we do with churches, they battle a lot of the same battles and they fight a lot of the same battles. And and you do, you see people who typically either want to change everything and then the other side are the people who want to change absolutely nothing. And then the people that are in there arguing, going, why are we talking about this? It's not important. It's not the main thing. And all of those are wrong to a certain degree because when we talk about your brand, and I guess this is a great place to start because it's such yeah. a, a trendy word. It's yeah such an overused word. And so if we're going to talk about it, at least from the context of how we approach it, you need to understand how what we mean when we say that. And when I use the word brand, that word is synonymous with story. It's your story. Your brand is your story and, and who you are and where you've come from and the things that you've encountered in your life that shape you and the heritage that that creates for you, those are the most impacting stories of all. And so when we talk about, you know, replanting or rebranding, the reason it's not, it's, it's neither one of those, you know, change everything or change nothing. We need to understand who we are. We need to understand where we've come from. We need to understand our heritage, but we also need to learn from some things. There are things that we do need to move away from. There are things that we've done in the past. Just the Ole Miss identity is a great example. There was a time and place when that was was acceptable. Uh, maybe it was never not offensive to, to some people, but it was at least acceptable and it was out there and people felt that it was relevant. And now we're in a different time and space where it's not so much and they have to decide where to go. And you don't throw away the entire identity of who you are. You, you learn from your heritage. There are things that we carry forward that are, are part of our inheritance that shape us, mold us, make us who we are. And we need to remember that heritage while we also learn from mistakes. We learn from things that we've done wrong and we maneuver away from those things and we become wiser because of that. But we, we remember those. those when a lot of times we talk with, with churches and, and teams both. Those, those original passions, the things that we were fired up about in ministry, the people we were serving, that's part of a heritage that when a church you know, replants, that they need to carry forward. They need to remember so much about rebranding and replanting is remembering. It, because we move away from that, we, we start chasing trends and doing things and we kind of forget. We forget our first love a lot of times. We forget why we got into things because we get, we get caught up in the weeds of the day-to-day, -day, especially in a, in, a, in a church world where churches grow and they move away from that grassroots effort that probably was, was there when they started and they get bigger and they build programs and they do all these things and we, we forget that. And a big part of replanting or, re or, or rebranding is remembering that, remembering that story, embracing that story, and then questioning, what does this say about us and how does this help us move forward in what we need to do now? When we talk about the characteristics of what make a replanter effective, one of the ones that Nam came up with is respect for a church's legacy. Ooh, um, big, 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 big. We, we define that as a pastor with respect for a church's legacy knows how to love and build off of a church's past without allowing people in the congregation to idolize it in an yes. unhealthy way. Yeah. You know, with pastors would go in and do that and 
to have that kind of respect for a church's legacy, whether it's a, a pastor going to a new church, it doesn't even have to be part of a replant effort. That's such a vital, vital thing. It requires a position of humility, of having confidence in who you are, who you're called to be, and the leadership that you're called to, to give, but also recognizing that this church is there intentionally. God planted this church in this place, this unique place in the world, and you may be the best pastor in the world. You may be the best leader in the world. But unless you, if you don't fully understand that place and what God has done in the life of that church, you need to understand that so that your ministry to that body and to that place can be effective to the, what God has put there. And so having the humility to do that has takes tremendous confidence in who you are and who you're called to be. And it recognizes what you need to learn and what you need to know so that you can be effective in building a relationship with those people. Sometimes we dig around and we find stuff that we wish would probably have not been there or, uh, you know, things in the past. And in particular, there's uh, at the time of this recording, there's some things that are going on in some church nationally. That's kind of a, and it's a reputation breaker an ender. It's just a bad thing. So, uh, and are not positive or not exemplary of a body of Christ who's following Jesus and on mission. So Um, I think the same way we do as, as individuals, I mean, the church is, the body. It's the body of Christ. And it's, it's made up of people. And just so you can look in every single one of our pasts and go through our own individual stories and find ugly things. And we have to figure out how to, you know, reconcile those things, repent of those things if we haven't, and learn how to, where to put those things and how to look at those things in a healthy way that helps us move forward in who God's called us to be. And, and that's no different whenever you look at a church body and you can look back and see things. And sometimes there are wounds that you will discover because situations or experiences or things from the past haven't been reconciled. They've been, they've been brushed under the rug and they've been left there and they're still festering a little bit. And sometimes there is healing that must take place. There are things that must be dealt with. But if you don't address those things face on, then you, you can't do, you, you can't do that. And, Part of what you have to do with a, with a rebranding effort and, and, you know, understanding your story and retelling it and, and, and learning how to, you know, who you are. And, and part of this replanting is you have to face this ugly stuff. If you don't, you know, it, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is, we tell all our teams this and, and all our clients this. If we don't know it, if we don't admit it, then we can't know how to deal with it to move forward in the right way. You know, in anything we do when, when we go through these phases, and this is important to, to, to say this, and because even when you look at an organization, to realize the factors that make that organization, to start to, to, to be able to look at each of these areas separately, and it's based on Ecclesiastes 4.12, which says, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. And, and the three strands of any organization are, are number one, that story, those, that vision, mission, values, your personalities, those stories that make up who you are. You need to understand who you are uh, as a church. Uh, but then you also look at your structure. So you, you got the story, then you've got your structure. So that's your processes, your protocols, the things that you do internally that sort of make up the daily living of who you are. So if, if that first one is the story of who you are, then the second one is how you live that out every day. And then the third strand, it's your expressions. So those are the identity things that you create and how you put those together and show them out there. It's, it becomes that your marketing, it's your PR, it's, it's anything that you do that you put out there. It is your website. Those are the expressions that we create to help show the world what we're about. All of those 
you know, the story is sort of the most vital and it's the story gets down to the heart and soul of what's important to you. And as a church, what's important to us, what do we believe? What's the vision, the mission that God's called us to do? And this has created these stories for us. We're going to build our structures accordingly. Um, and then we need to create things so you start evaluating names and going, I really wanted this cool name. I like the way these other people have done it. But, you know, now that we're looking at this this way, that name really doesn't fit what we're supposed to be about. It also helps you see, like, we can do things very clean and very smart and communicate very well without big budgets. You don't have to have a big budget. You don't have to spend a lot of money to do these things to communicate clearly who you are, confidently and uniquely on who you've discovered you are, because I mean, God did that on purpose. I think that's a good point just to, to help a lot of replanters come in and understand there's going to be a pacing, especially just to know, okay, I got to discover what our history says about ourselves, where God's placed us. And if there's coming from outside of the community, they're going to need to understand the community that they're entering into. And so a rebranding, it sounds to me like, according to what Rodney shared with us, a rebranding process may take a while just to really unfold. And I think we just need to say to replanters, that's okay. Because I think as well as they're preaching the gospel and teaching the scriptures to the people, the people are going to be changing and the church is going to be changing. Absolutely. And some of what they may embrace would be consistent with what we would probably say is the reason for their founding or their, their becoming a church. But they may embrace it in a way that enables a, a new idea or a branding or a name change or a logo, all of those sorts of things can be unfolding. Because uh, I know when I first got in my replant, and what I saw was like, I mean, I, I was just having a hard time seeing the positives. And we had some yep. good stuff in our history. But it was hard for me to be super excited about unchurched people coming to my church in the condition that it was in at the time, until yep. God began to do a good work in, in us and in me and change us. And I think there was a kind of a, a switchover point where I was like, okay, now I think we're ready to begin to welcome people from our community and people who don't know Christ in, because I think we're in a better place. It's kind of funny that I, I do tell some, some replanters sometimes like, man, for the first couple months there, I was praying that we wouldn't have any visitors. <laughs> yeah. like, we're not ready. Like, I don't even want to come here. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, we just need like to be apologizing when they came. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like, yeah. man, I'm sorry. We're like, we're not, you know, just ignore it, you know? And I would see, I would see young families come in and I just be like, Oh man, we're just, they're going to, I know they're not coming back. Right. So. Well, and um, you know what, how many people like Jimbo said, how many people have come in because they're looking for a new logo? I need to be a part of a church with a cool logo. Yeah. You know, I'm looking for a church with a great website. I'm looking for a church with this. That's man. People are hurting. It's these are heart things. People are looking for connection they're looking for real relationship. They're looking for answers as to who they are and who they're created to be. They don't even know. And they're looking for meaningful connections. And when you find that common ground and, and you do the work within the, the body to find that common ground that people go, you know what? Yeah, this stuff isn't important. Like this is who we are and what we're about. And you find that common love and that common ground. That's something where people can grab a hold of that and, and understand this is this is who we are. This is part of who I am. This is part of I understand who you are. And this is where we're going to connect. And they start living that out in the community. There's not a, a, a logo or a website or anything that can do that for you. Yeah, I think I, I want to just emphasize, I love that. I, I think discovering who God's wired you up and gifted you to be is yeah. incredibly important. And I think sometimes we, we leave the uh, 10,000 foot view of scripture 
and we elevate ourselves to like the 100,000 foot view. And what, yeah. here's what we forget. We forget that when Jesus called the disciples, he called a tax collector, a zealot, a guy who was a doubter, a guy who said the first thing that you know, came to his mind, just kind of was impetuous and just said it. Each of those individuals communicated the gospel in a specific way to specific people. Yeah. And so sometimes if we, you know, we get into our, our high theology and we forget about the personality personalities of Jesus followers. And so maybe you're the church that, you know, is the one that reaches out to doubters and you regularly talk about it. Maybe you're the one that that helps impetuous passion driven people become Christ centered because you deal with their, their impetuousness, you know, in, yes. in some ways. So I think we, we have to help people remember that each of us should communicate the gospel according to the way we are wired, but also the way we're sanctified and being sanctified. Yes. And, and it's super important for us to, to think those things. So, and I think that's huge just to, to be able to say that we got to discover who we are. We got to discover our past, discover our context in, in the intersection of all that. There's a unique gospel mission that God's given our church it's going to unfold and going to be evident to us if we just put our shoulder into it and start looking for it. The process and, and, you know, Jimbo brought up the part about, you know, be simple and simple is hard. There's another part of that phase and it's part of the think phase. And it's one of the things that we challenge people to do whenever we're going through this process and we call it the law of asymmetry. And, and what we, we tell people is you have to dare to be different. You are created individually with this calling in this place and and what God's done there and and we need to understand that point of differentiation and uniqueness and and be able to embrace that and you're going to learn the good the bad the ugly all of those things like we talked about earlier like it's not just let's embrace our sinful side run out there and we're not talking about that it's it's be but being who you are in Christ and in the place where he's put you the people that you can minister to and all those things what we have found often with teams, churches, and, and organizations of all types, is there is a point where there is almost this sigh of relief when they go, I feel like you've just given us permission to be who we are. Yeah. That we were holding up this ideal, we're looking at other churches, we're looking at what they're doing, we're measuring against the crowd, and there's this fear that drives us to this herd mentality. We need to fit in, and you just... Going through this, I'm starting to realize like, we don't have to be like them. It's okay to be who we are, who God's created us to be. And there's empowerment in that. There's grace upon yourself in that and, and upon your, your, your church. And, and then there, there's an, an emboldening that can happen through that to go, you know what? We don't have to be like that. We are ministering to these people. And this isn't as cool and trendy of a ministry, but that's who God's called us to be. And that's what we're going to do. And then the people that come alongside that ministry or become a part of your congregation are the people that they're also called to that and to be a part of that. And you can do things in in ways, grow, ministry will grow in ways that are, that are right and relevant. and, and, And you're not just chasing all that subjective stuff. In a replant, there's such a great temptation to come in and have great branding, great marketing, which really, as we've learned in this discussion today, what people are normally talking about when they say that is great expression. They want to have cool stuff that expresses their brand, but you can't express what you don't understand. And so far more valuable than a great logo or a great website or any of those things is going through the hard work of really understanding 
who you are, uh, yeah. who you are as an organization, who you are historically, where you're trying to go, what the context that God has sovereignly placed your church in and the mission field that God has given you. How has God used that church historically? And how does it look like God is planning to continue to use that? What is, how does that story continue? That when you're replanting a church, it's not a brand new story starting from scratch. And so we're building off of where we came from. And it's yeah. so much more valuable and more important to understand that and be clear about the personality, the identity, the uniqueness of that congregation, that local expression of the body of Christ, yeah. the mission that God has given that body. And then out of that, if you can come up with some great looking stuff that helps you tell that story and not a different story, then that's incredibly valuable. Yeah. Uh, and then those expressions become helpful not just for making things look like a good business card, but yeah. helpful in, in the unique mission that God has called you to. Yeah. We're always storytelling. When we live out our lives every day, we're storytelling and we're writing that story. And, and it's got nothing to do with logos and business cards and things like that. Who are your people as they're going out? There's identity in that. When you were talking just then, it reminded me of a story. And I want to tell this very quickly because it's, it's such a perfect example of what we're talking about. And when we get caught up in, so even when you're saying a great logo or a great whatever, that's subjective. I mean, great to you may not be great to me, what you want, what I want. So if it's not grounded in the right thing, who's even to even determine what's great? Several years ago, we were working with a hospital and we were doing campaigns, television campaigns, full, full advertising and marketing campaigns, TV, radio, print, outdoor, everything for this hospital. And for most of our campaigns, they required that we use real people, people that had been patients at that hospital, real people, real doctors, real staff to show these people very testimonial driven. And if you've ever done anything where you're trying to shoot or do creative with real people, it is very difficult. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, replant with real people. That's where yes. we are too. <laughs> yes. It is very difficult because they're not comfortable on that side of the, 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 the camera and, all these things. And I kept saying, man, if y'all would just let us hire talent, if we could hire actors, if we could do this, we could do this, man, it's going to be great. I want to do, I mean, these spots for this regional hospital can be national caliber and our campaigns were successful in, in doing these things. And they finally let me do it. They finally let me hire professional talent, actors, actresses, hire, you know, to shoot this thing differently, to stage things differently. And we built a campaign that was beautiful and the acting was great. We did all this stuff and that was the least effective campaign we did for them. It did not work nearly as well because while we created this beautiful polished thing, we lost connection. We did what I wanted to do, my personal goals to create this national caliber things because I wanted other agencies secretly. I wanted other designers. I wanted other agencies to go, dang, look at that, man. They made that. That's, that's slick that they did that. Yeah. But in reaching the people that the hospital needed to reach with their message, it was less effective, much less effective. And I said, lesson learned. I get it. And that's a great, that was a great lesson in humility that I, that I needed to say. It really it doesn't matter what I think is great. It matters that it does what it's intended to do and reaches the people that it needs to reach. And there's so much of that, of this in replanting and the things that we want to do for our church. Are we doing it because 
we just, it's going to make us feel better when it looks like this, when it, when it shines like this. And are we ignoring that this, it may not be as effective. This is about people and connections and being effective in ministry far more than it is slick logos and campaigns. That's so good. I think when a replanter is, is considering rebranding, renaming any of those things, man, they've got to figure out that motivation. Uh, yeah. of, of why, why, and, and not only why does the church need to do it, but why do they as the pastor want to do that? And, yeah. and I bet you just like you, man, it's, it, it's not another advertising agency, but they want to be able to go to the convention, the conference and yeah. somebody go, wow, what a cool logo. They want to be able to yeah. share the website, and be able to attach their name to that brand and it'd be cool and look great. And so the biggest first step you can take that won't cost you a single dime is figure out why. Yeah. Why, right. why, why should you rebrand? Why should you rename? And should you? And if you should, then why should you? And, and how does that stay connected to who you really are, not just who you want to be? Yeah. I want to take a moment, man, it, it, this one more than ever applies directly to our sponsor. We have a great, generous sponsor that made for us a really cool website. It's uh, 180 Digital. But 180 Digital just came out with some great stuff. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. They've just launched two awesome new products that help churches, church plants, replants. The first one's called Launchpad. It's an all-in-one custom branding and website bundle developed specifically for planters, replanters, and revitalizers who need to get things moving quickly. The second is called Church Quick Site. It was created for churches working with really tight budgets and can help them get an amazing new church website in as little as one week at a really affordable price. Check out 180.church, which is the new website where all their church-centered stuff to learn more about these special new offerings and how 180 can help you move your church forward.